Glory to Jesus Christ. Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish presents Light of the East, a program revealing how the Eastern Catholic Churches have nourished the Roman Catholic Churches and today's world in profound ways through their histories, traditions, mysteries, and spirituality. Hello, I am Father Thomas J. Loya, pastor of Annunciation of the Mother of God Byzantine Catholic Church in Homer Glen, Illinois, and this is a story of the Eastern Churches, an inspiring story of faith, courage, intrigue, mystery, spirituality, dissension, and reconciliation. But most of all, this is an expression of a great experience of faith through our unique divine liturgy. Join with me now as we look toward the Light of the East. Light of the East is also supported by Eastern Christian Publications, where you can find the prayers of the Catholic Byzantine Daily Office at ecpubs.com and by easternchristianmedia.com, a broadband network for you to learn more about the Eastern Catholic Churches. That's easternchristianpublications.com. Christ is risen. Indeed, he is risen. Welcome to Light of the East. I'm Father Thomas Loyer, your host. Listen to this prayer from the Vesper service of the Byzantine Catholic Church for this weekend. When you appear to the flesh, O Christ God, you accomplish your plan of salvation. The Samaritan woman heard the voice of God's love for us. She left the well and ran to the town and said, Come and see the one who knows the secrets of our hearts. Can this be the Christ, the Messiah, whom we await? The one who bestows great mercy? These texts, of course, would normally be chanted to the traditional chant in our church, but they tell the story, as we hear from Scripture, from the Gospel of John, chapter 4, how the Samaritan woman that Christ met at the well, and today is the Sunday of the Samaritan woman, of that event in the Byzantine liturgical calendar, that when she came to the well and she encountered Christ and he touched her heart, she went to take the news to others so that others could join in that. They could all be one in that joy. In a sense, she was an evangelizer, an ecumenist. Today, on Lay of the East, we're happy to have one of our old friends, although he's not old himself, he's just a longtime friend here of Lay of the East. He himself is a great evangelizer, a renowned evangelizer and ecumenist. We welcome to Light of the East once again, Jack Fiegel. Jack, Christ is risen. Welcome. Indeed he is risen, Father Tom. Good to be with you. Yes, good to have you here. We'd love to check in with you from time to time, although we should do it more often because you're always up to something. <laughs> and there's oh, yes, there's no rest for the wicked, right? <laughs> yes, and one of the things you're up to is something like the Samaritan woman, where you are an evangelizer, you're a unifier, you carry the message to many people around the world, literally, and you've been doing it for years. And one of the ways you do that, you're, you're well, in a sense, is these Oriental Lumen conferences and also the trips to pilgrimages that you do from time to time. So what's happening lately with Orientale Lumen in the conferences? Well, it's, uh, believe it or not, been 20 years since we started these conferences here in Washington, D.C., a meeting of grassroots people interested in ecumenical dialogue between the Catholic and the Orthodox Church. And so this coming June, uh, on the 19th to the 22nd, it's a Monday through Thursday, we're having Orientale Lumen number 21. 
conference. 20, 21, hard to believe, Jack. Yeah, I I don't believe it myself. When we had the first conference, I never thought we would have even had a second, let alone 21 years yeah. later. So you, just think, you've been doing your part for 21 years. Just that alone. You've been doing a whole lot more than that. But just that alone, 21 years, Jack, you alone have been making this contribution to unity in the church. Well, it's it's my hands and body and so forth, but it's the Holy Spirit, I think, that moves people to want to come and learn to meet each other in fellowship and in prayer, and to gather to learn about each other. As a great ecumenist of Europe, uh, Cardinal Sunins of Belgium, said, to uh, be unified, we must love each other, and to love each other, we must get to know each other. Yes. So that's that's what we try to do, is, is provide an opportunity for people to just get to know each other and to uh, learn from others from around the world, and uh, we're very excited about our conference uh, this, this coming June. Now, where, where will it be held? It'll be held here in Washington, D.C. It's called the Washington Retreat House. Uh, it's quite near the, uh, in fact, just up the street from the Basilica of the Immaculate Conception next to Catholic University of America. And uh, it'll be a, uh, a full program of uh, five speakers, plenary sessions, coming literally from around the world, as well as one very, very special video session that we will talk about perhaps a little bit later in our program from Metropolitan Callistos of Diocleia, the Orthodox Archbishop from uh, Oxford. What is the title and the theme of this Oriental Lumen Conference in June? This year, it's very, very timely in that we're going to reflect on two, what I believe are major events that took place in 2016 in the Church. The first was uh, in June of last year. It was called the Great and Holy Council of the Orthodox Church. It was held on the island of Crete, and it was the first time in a thousand years that all the Orthodox churches gathered together in an official council. And the second event occurred in September of last year called, uh, it was the Agreed Statement of the International Dialogue in a little uh, city uh, by the name of Chieti, C-H-I-E-T-I, Italy, about, uh, I think it's about 80 or 90 miles east of Rome over on the Adriatic Sea of Italy. And uh, so our theme is Chieti and Crete, two historical events that took place in 2016. Okay, tell us about those events. Well, the Chieti Agreed Statement was the meeting of the official international dialogue of the Catholic and Orthodox churches, and they agreed uh, a, a very long title that I won't go into, but essentially they agreed on the role of the Bishop of Rome in the first millennium of the Christian Church. So for the first time, the Catholics and Orthodox agreed on what role the Bishop of Rome, namely the Pope of the Catholic Church, what role he had during the first millennium. And it was very significant breakthrough, I think, in that uh, they've agreed on what sort of office the, the Bishop of Rome exercised in the first millennium. And one of the statements is that he did not have direct jurisdiction over the Eastern churches in the first millennium. That was a second millennium development. And so uh, that's, I think, very, very significant. On the Orthodox side, they do recognize that the Pope of Rome is the first among the equals of the patriarchs and has the first place in all the churches in terms of their, their relationship. So he's the first, but he had more of a authority of appeal. Churches of the East would appeal to Rome if there were conflicts where they couldn't resolve them on their own, and that he presided over the church in love, uh, ministering uh, towards unity, not so much the direct juridical responsibility and, and direction that uh, you know we, we hear about in the second millennium. So 
the Chieti agreed statement was was major, and then the the Council of Crete. There were five or six documents agreed, one of which was entitled "Relations with the Other Christian Churches of the World." So it's a, a bit of an ecumenical document, similar to what uh, was produced out of Vatican II. Jack, I want to go back to Katie for a moment. One of the things that is significant also about Katie is that this reference to the first millennium of the papacy, that the Pope was a part of things even Eastern, some of the councils, and they did at times look to Rome. But again, what that meant then is a little bit different than what we mean today. Jack, do you think that in these discussions that the Orthodox believe that the papacy in the second millennium has grown, in a sense, almost like for them, like maybe a little out of proportion? Or do you think they understand that it grew in response to the situations in the West? Uh, how, how do they actually see the papacy in this second millennium? Well, I think based on what you just said, it's sort of, as we always refer to in the Byzantine Church, it's both and. Yes. <laughs> it's not either or. I think the Orthodox believe and feel that the papacy did grow out of proportion, but they understand, I believe, at least the the, the more ecumenical Orthodox understand how and why that occurred in the West that did not have to occur in the East because of the circumstances that the Church found itself in East and West, you know, were, were quite different. But I think that this, from the Persons who participated in the KAT meeting that I've spoken to, and we're going to have actually uh, uh, three of them participating in our conference in June that were there, that they've said, you, you, you know, this is the foundation on which to build our relationship for the third millennium. Yes. Uh, we have to understand and accept that the second millennium occurred, but that's not the model we want to follow. We want to follow the first millennium as our model for the future. And both sides seem to be rather agreeable to that. Yes. Yes, I think, you know, different members of the committee that were there have a different view of what's next, so mm-hmm. there's no real clear program, and that still has to be worked out in, in the working committees that occur between plenary sessions. But at least this plenary session, in fact, it's, I think, interesting to note there were more Orthodox churches represented at the KAT International Dialogue Meeting that actually participated in the Great and Holy Council on Crete. <laughs> wow. Now, that, that council in Crete, that's not on the same level as an ecumenical council, say, like Ephesus and Chalcedon and, you know, the, the seven great councils, is it? No, no. And that's because the Western Church was not officially represented there. It was just the communion of the Eastern Orthodox churches and not even the Oriental Orthodox churches that you know, predate um, Chalcedon. So uh, it was not, you know, every church represented, although the, the Catholics and the Oriental Orthodox were invited as well as some Protestant churches, as observers to the Council of Crete. But the Council of Crete, though, was significant in that it was the first time the all of the Orthodox churches came together uh, in an official council, per se. But it's not ecumenical, and, and as our good friend Metropolitan Callistos commented in his talk that we'll be showing uh, by video in June, that ecumenical councils, the seven great ones, were not recognized as ecumenical until they were received by the laity, mm. accepted by the Church as a whole. Interesting. And who called this council to order in Crete? It was called by ecumenical patriarch Bartholomew, uh, who within the Orthodox communion of churches is is given the first among equals position, second because of the original ancient orientation that Rome was first and Constantinople was second. So amongst the Orthodox Church leaders, he is considered the ecumenical patriarch, and therefore he's the one who called the council and presided as president of the council that was held on Crete. 
Well, interesting, and there's a lot more to come with our guest, our good friend here at Light of the East, Jack Fingal from Eastern Christian Publications, right, Jack? And also Orion Tyler Lumen. Oh, by the way, let's mention where people can find out and sign up for this great conference coming up in June. Sure, yes. It's open to the public, so anyone can attend. And the website is olfoundation.net, olfoundation.net. And there's a tab for the conferences, and it's conference number 21. We'll be back with Jack Figel in a moment. I'm Father Thomas Loyal on Light of the East. Light of the East mission is Christianity's reunion. And to tell the story of the Eastern Lung of the Catholic Church, we need your support. In order to keep Light of the East on the air, you can make a donation now by going to ByzantineCatholic.com. That's ByzantineCatholic.com. And then donate securely using any major credit card with your help. We can keep Light of the East's illumination bright. It's no secret that Father Loya and other speakers from the Tabor Life Institute are available to speak at your parish or group on marriage and family topics seen through the lens of St. John Paul II's Theology of the Body. Other topics include Eastern Christian spirituality and the significance of art in the church. The Tabor Life Institute can arrange for marriage encounters, parish missions, and can help your parish facilitate teen faith formation in either English or Spanish. For Father Loya and other speakers, contact the Tabor Life Institute by writing to taborlife at earthlink.net. That's Tabor spelled T-A-B-O-R life at earthlink.net. You're listening to Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. Welcome back to Light of the East. Christ is risen. Indeed, he is risen. I'm Father Thomas Loya, your host. Our guest with us today, once again, is Jack Figgle from Eastern Christian Publications and also from the Orient Highway Lumen Conferences, and we're talking about the next one coming up in June. Jack, tell us about the speakers who will be speaking at this conference in June. By the way, it's once again, it's Monday through Thursday, June 19th to the 22nd of this year, and people can find out about it by going to olfoundation.net. So tell us about the speakers, Jack. Yes, Father. We're very, very honored in that um, we have uh, six wonderful speakers that are coming from all sorts of different church representations, church traditions. The first is Metropolitan Callistos, the Oxford University Archbishop, who has been a speaker at almost all 20 of our conferences in the past. Uh, Because of his health, he's not able to travel, but we're going to have a video-recorded talk about our theme, the KAT and the Crete Councils. Uh, So Metropolitan Callistos will be one speaker. Then we are extremely honored that Archbishop Job of Telmesos, who is the Greek Orthodox co-chair, the International Theological Dialogue, the official dialogue of the Catholic Orthodox Church, he's the Orthodox co-chair, and he himself is coming from Geneva, uh, that's Geneva, Switzerland, where he is based and uh, will be here for the entire conference. We also have Monsignor Paul McPartland from the Catholic University of America, another official member of the International Dialogue and a professor of ecumenism local here in Washington. 
And we'll have an official representative from the Vatican, Father Hyacinth Desteville, who is Dominican and will be coming from the staff of the Pontifical Council for Promoting Christian Unity in Rome. So we'll have speakers from both Geneva and Rome this year, as well as Monsignor McPartland. And the other two speakers, again, from very different backgrounds, Father Thomas Fitzgerald, Professor of Church History and Ecumenist from Holy Cross Greek Orthodox Seminary in Boston, and a Mr. Michael Haldus, an Orthodox lecturer, catechist, and uh, author, uh, who's here uh, local in Washington, D.C. as well. That's an outstanding lineup of speakers, Jack. I certainly hope, I know you are, but we're going to do our best, too, to publicize and promote this. This is a rare opportunity. Yeah, it's it's really a, a unique gathering of laypersons, parish clergy, professors, ecumenists, hierarchs, uh, official representatives, uh, and uh, these individuals will be there for the entire conference, and it'll be an amazing access to people who are at the highest levels of the church uh, and all the churches who participate in ecumenical dialogue. So uh, it's it's usually a, a wonderful event. We've also scheduled as part of the agenda an Orthodox Divine Liturgy at St. Nicholas Cathedral, uh, the primatial see of the Orthodox Church in America, uh, with Archbishop Job as the main celebrant. So uh, their choir will be singing. We'll be having lunch there at the cathedral. So we have a, a little bit of a field trip uh, planned in the agenda as well. Will these talks be on DVD and CD? Yes, after the conference, we'll, we'll be recording them all. Uh, people who come to the conference can take the CDs home with them, and then we'll produce them and make them available for sale through the website at a later date as well. And again, this conference is about two really monumental events that hardly get enough promotion, enough airtime. And I don't think most people are even aware of them, but it's the KD conference and also that conference in Crete. I mean, these were these are huge monumental things, you know, great, uh, great strides in ecumenism, wouldn't you say, Jack? Yes, yes, and that's... And- that's why we pick them to focus attention and, and make them much more visible and you know uh, let people know that they occurred and, and what what they mean. Well, speaking of ecumenism, we have another big step forward <laughs> between East and West, which happened recently. Pope Francis's visit to Egypt to visit the Coptic churches there, both Catholic and Orthodox. And it's interesting because there was an interesting gathering and entourage there, too, that I think, once again, was rather underplayed. Tell us about that gathering of esteemed individuals. Yes, when, when the Pope arrived uh, from Rome, he was, I think, uh, in Egypt maybe less less than 30 hours uh, total, but he arrived on one afternoon and left the next day. He was there ostensibly to speak at an international peace conference being held at the Islamic University of Cairo. But he visited uh, the uh, Coptic Orthodox Patriarch, who's one of the Oriental Orthodox churches, and Pope Tarajas hosted an ecumenical prayer service in his cathedral there in Cairo. And it was uh, very, very interesting to see the video broadcast by uh, Vatican TV and EW10 and, and others and available through websites and YouTube. Uh, but the prayer service consisted, I think, for the first time in history, heads of churches that perhaps have never met face-to-face before, even in 2,000 years of the church. We had the Greek Orthodox patriarch, Theodorus II of Alexandria, so he's the Byzantine Orthodox patriarch of of, uh, all of Africa. Uh, We had Pope Francis of Rome, the patriarch of the West, if you will. The Coptic Pope Tarajos, who was the host of the Coptic Orthodox Church of Alexandria. Ecumenical Patriarch Bartholomew, 
came from Constantinople for the event and was there and, and met with Pope Francis, exchanged the kiss of peace and so forth. There is also a Coptic church that is in communion with Rome. So the Coptic Catholic Patriarch Sidrach uh, was there from uh, uh, nearby Alexandria. We also had the Anglican Bishop of Egypt, Bishop Monnier. And finally, a good friend of ours who has been to our Oriental Lumen conferences a number of, uh, a number of times, Melkite Greek Catholic Patriarch Gregorius, who was Patriarch of the Byzantine Catholics of Antioch, Alexandria, and Jerusalem. Uh, he was there as well. And so I think it was you know, the first time that we had the Coptic Catholic Patriarch, the Ecumenical Patriarch, a Melkite Greek Catholic Patriarch, and the Pope of Rome all together and praying together all, all at one time. You know, I thought I recognized Gregorius. <laughs> I'd like to wait. I'd seen him on Oriental Lumen conferences and pilgrimages before. <laughs> that's right. That's right. He's been here to Washington, uh, I think, uh, three times in 20 years. And he also came to our first Oriental Lumen conference that we held in uh, Istanbul, in Constantinople, many years ago. Jack, what is the relationship between, you mentioned the, the Greek Orthodox patriarch in Alexandria and Patriarch Bartholomew? The ancient Pentarchy, or the first five sees of the ancient church, Alexandria and Constantinople were two of the five. And so we have a Greek Orthodox Patriarch of Alexandria. There's a Greek Orthodox Patriarch of Constantinople. There's also a Greek Orthodox Patriarch of Antioch and a Greek Orthodox Patriarch of Jerusalem. So four of the five ancient cities of the Pentarchy have Byzantine or Greek Orthodox Patriarchs. Then there's also uh, other patriarchs who claim those sees as well, and that's why we have such a, uh, a sort of a mishmash of churches all claiming to come from Alexandria or Jerusalem or Antioch or Constantinople. Yeah, this was really a multi-level experience and significance of a trip for the Pope, because he was coming as, a, first of all, to show solidarity to fellow Christians. He was coming on a mission of peace. He was coming on a mission of ecumenism. So, and then I guess he actually, did he travel with Bartholomew? Uh, no, they came separately. Francis came from Rome and Bartholomew came from Istanbul. And, um, I, I believe I, I saw reports that they had a private meeting since they were together in the same place. And this is, I think, maybe the eighth or ninth time that Francis and Bartholomew have met face-to-face since Francis's pontificate. You know, Jack, I would venture to say there's probably more ecumenical happenings in our lifetime in these recent decades, and maybe there were for centuries. Oh, yeah. I, I uh, Being an engineer, I, I think I drew a chart one time that showed the meetings of, of just the Pope with the Patriarch of Constantinople. And there might have been three or four in the first 1,900 years, and there have been 20 or 25 in the last couple of decades. Well, like... I... <laughs> the curve just goes, like, through the roof. You know, a, a very, very steep climb at the end. <laughs> I'll never forget our time together, Jack, in, the, in a recent uh, Oriental Lumen pilgrimage when we were with Pope Francis, and we were going to go after that to see Patriarch Bartholomew, and he told us, well, say hello to him for me. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, yeah, we were carrying a message from the Pope to the Patriarch. We've <laughs> now become quite good friends, I believe. Yeah, uh, and it's really really gratifying to see that. uh, If you recall, Pope Francis invited Patriarch Bartholomew to Rome to, along with the Prime Minister of Israel and the President of the Palestinian Organization, to plant a tree in the Vatican Garden for peace. Yes. 
So he was the you know other religious leader that was invited to that that event. So Pope Francis and Ecumenical Patriarch Bartholomew have made great great strides just in the last few years, and it, it shows the closeness that those churches I think are are coming to realize and uh, and are finding ways uh, such as this International Peace Conference where they both spoke and all sorts of other social issues dealing with immigrants and migration and the persecution of Christians throughout the Middle East. They're finding common ground for the churches to work together. Well, Jack, we're going to have to speak with you about your special experience with Callistus Ware in England another time, because I, I did want to, as we're getting close to the end here, to let people know where else they can get in touch with you and the other things that you do and you offer. Sure. Again, the OrientalLumenFoundation.net, OLFoundation.net is the conference and videos and CDs that we've recorded from special events, lectures, and so forth. Then we have a wide range of publications, which is available through our website, ecpubs.com. And Father Tom, maybe uh, for another discussion, uh, not too distant future, we're looking at this summer launching a lot of electronic media, mm. ebooks. Uh, electronic publications, and perhaps CD and DVD downloads to phones and apps and all sorts of stuff. So we've got a lot of exciting things coming down the line that I can't go into a lot of detail just yet. (laughs) Well, that's why we have to have you back again and again, Jack. (laughs) Well, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for being with us. And once again, Christ is Risen. Thank all of you for listening to us here at Light of the East. I'm Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. To hear Light of the East again, visit ByzantineCatholic.com and click on the Features and Programs tab and on iTunes. Thank you for listening to Light of the East. We encourage you to tell a friend about Light of the East and to visit ByzantineCatholic.com. Light of the East is produced by ADC Media. WTN home video highlight for May is The Faith with Father Maurice. Father Maurice Emelou offers a unique perspective on the nature of faith and what it means to grow closer to the Lord. Order your DVD and companion book at EWTNRC.com 24 hours a day, 7 days a week or call 1-800-854-6316. Thank you for listening. Next week, we will return to the light of the East. To learn more about Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish, visit our website, byzantinecatholic.com, where you will also find an archive of all of our programs. In order to continue Light of the East with its mission of Christianity's reunion, we need your support with a donation. Any amount will be a blessing. Please make out a check to Light of the East Radio and send it to Light of the East, 14610 Will Cook Road, Homer Glen, Illinois, 60491. That's Light of the East, 14610 Wilcook Road, spelled W I. 
ELL-COOK Road, Homer Glen, Illinois, or donate online on the homepage of ByzantineCatholic.com. From the light of the East, a new dawn of unity is in sight. God bless you, go with God, and may God grant you many happy years. Oh.